Uh, for those of you who were tuned in about an hour ago, you know the story. Barry Lieben and I fulfilled a dream, a lifelong dream for both of us. And that was to be together in Jerusalem and to present uh, shows from what Barry's now referring to as the MSN porch. That's how he's referring to it now. Uh, Barry Lieben, welcome back to JM in the AM. Such a delight to be sitting next to you again. I appreciate it. What do you think of this weather here in Jerusalem? God's weather. Just God's beautiful. Weather. Just beautiful. And the inbal, they deserve a big thumbs up, don't they? They're doing an incredible job for us here. And it's such a pleasure to be sitting with you, Nachum, and my grandson and two of my oldest and dearest friends, Steve Leibowitz and Bobby Brown. And they are here. Steve Leibowitz, of course, a familiar voice to our JMA and listeners. Steve, for many years, helped us uh, understand, if it's possible to understand, the news from Israel uh, with the Jerusalem Post and Israel Television's IBA News, now the editor of ILTV Internet Newscast. And, of course, what he's most proud of, and Barry, you can uh, attest to this, founder and uh, president of the American Football League in Israel, uh, Barry, you remember you remember the first few days of that league in Israel, don't you? Now it's a flourishing league here in the Holy Land. It's uh, one of the. It's really in a land of miracles. This is one of the great stories and miracles of Israel. Uh, Steve came to Israel at Ali Aaron in seventy four. Um, and he really he really had two things. He had a great passion for. One was journalism and the news, and he had one of the great jobs for many years in journalism with English TV. And the other passion he had was football, a lifelong giant fan, something he shared with me. And there was no football of any sort in Israel. And Steve created from absolutely nothing an American football league in Israel. Um, And it got its roots from its first meeting with Robert Kraft at the Patriots office in Boston and Steve was a little nervous to go meet one of the great men and great entrepreneurs in the world. And for some reason, he thought having me with him would help. <laughs> I have no idea why. I would have advised against it. <laughs> so would I have, especially being a lifelong Giant fan. But we went together. And from that meeting, Mr. Kraft became his staunchest and best helper, advisor, supporter to grow the American Football League in Israel. From that time, on a very small little field with how many teams, Steve? Well, when we met Kraft, we had about the 10 teams, and we were still playing touch football, right. and we had no place to play. Right, and Steve will tell you when he begins what they have now, but I can tell you that there are 2,000 people, 2,000 people playing football in Israel now, and our goal remains the same, to make American football the second most popular sport in the state of well, Israel. third, after basketball third. and soccer. After right. basketball and soccer, third. We're well on our way, and Steve will take over, but um, I just want to express, you know, I have a lot of friends in the state of Israel, and most of them are totally incompetent and useless. And <laughs> Sorry to hear that. <laughs> I think he includes me in that, by the way. <laughs> I do. Well, the same friends I have in America. And Steve has established a great, great thing in Israel that he's done with incredible determination, incredible competence, and I couldn't be proud of what he's done. In this. And I see the children and adults and people that play football, and uh, tomorrow night I'll be having dinner with every member of the this year's team and last year's team of the Big Blue Lions in Jerusalem that have won the championship two years. Oh, one person's not coming? No, one person Guy told me one other person uh, went on another team. 
Oh, okay. Thank you. Cole. Oh, he was traded. He was traded. one guy traded. So we'll be having wow. dinner with our last two years teams that have won the championship Holy Land Bowl for tackle for two years in a row. I think it's the thing I've been looking most to on this trip. Other than sitting next to you, Doc. <laughs> Thank you. And I have to tell you, the reason I bring it up is that when I speak to members of my team that play here, and these are people that all go to the Army, work hard to make a living in Israel, and they speak with such passion about their time on the team. Uh, a guy that ran our barbecue last night who worked so hard to make a living, and as he said, pay my mortgage and take care of his kids. And he says, but you have to have a soul. This is exactly the word he used to be, is the Shabba. This is my soul here, my time playing football in Israel. Very cool. So I couldn't be prouder of Steve, so I'll Steve, hand it over to him. Kraft, the first Kraft Stadium opened when? 1999. And now there is what we call the next Kraft Stadium? The Kraft Family Sports Campus. And that is exact. For those who know Jerusalem, where is it? It's in the Arizim Valley where Lifta uh, is. It, it exists in Lifta in the valley near the entrance to the city. I was going to say, sort of at the entrance. Three town. fields, one next to the other with state-of-the-art locker rooms and, and other facilities there. It's an $18 million project and Robert Kraft is the name sponsor. Did he spearhead the $18 million project? Well, he, he they came to him with the project already on the drawing board, and he came and brought it over the top. And he saw... Together with Mayor Barkat. And he saw what you had done in the first 20 years of this project. So we have another small field here in Jerusalem called the Kraft Family Stadium, right. which we began in 1999, as you mentioned, but it's not regulation-sized football field. Right. We needed a real full-size field with goalposts and lines marked and everything. So now one exists in Jerusalem. Is there a suite for Barry to visit when he comes to see the games at the new We're facility? We're going to take Barry to see the facility today so that oh, we can really? figure out where to put the next suite. That's pretty cool. You get to see that for the first time. You haven't been there yet, huh? No, tonight will be our premier visit. That's pretty I'm cool. I'm looking forward to find out where I can build the next Lieben family suite. There you go. I'm looking forward One to it. that me and you can both sit in and fit in at the same time. That would be the adventure, wouldn't it? Uh, by the way, our very own Yoni Pollock played in the Kraft Stadium, you may know. I, I think Which you, team did you play for? He played for a variety of teams, if I'm not mistaken. No one wanted him. Which one? Jump Jim. Jump Jim. Jump Jim won a, ch- a couple of championships. Oh, there you go. Not, not your year. Huh? <laughs> anyway. And my son played, I think, for Zion Tours, if I'm not mistaken. He was the center for Zion Tours. Really big guy up front. I, I, I've seen you, son. He could have been the whole line. <laughs> the entire offensive line. In the world of journalism, the bulk of the time, you're doing this for decades, and the bulk of the time you're doing it, Prime Minister Netanyahu is leading the country. It's, it's almost unfathomable for those of us who know the history of Israel that he has lasted this long in that position. Do you, what, what, what do you think of his job performance over these decades compared to other prime ministers? Am I allowed to say that some people would say he's been in the job too long? Or should <laughs> there, I there temper my comments in order to uh, be impartial and, and, and not give... Look, he's done some very good things. I would like him to be... If you're asking my sure. personal opinion, 100%. I would like to see more decisiveness and, and have a goal of how he would like to see the political crisis or the political situation between us and the Palestinians resolved at some point down the line. You know, Bobby, uh, who's going to be on very soon, and myself, both live in so-called West Bank settlements. What city are you in? I live in a a town called Haradar, Mm -hmm. and Bobby lives in Tekoa. And we would like to see 
permanent borders, you know, that we actually live inside the state of Israel and have things determined and final. Obviously, we also want to live peacefully with our Arab neighbors if such a thing is possible. Right. And if it's not, we at least want to know that we live inside the nation of Israel. We'd like to see Netanyahu be more decisive in that direction. And this is certainly a valid opinion. Um, uh, I'm going to put Barry on the spot. Because Barry, a few years ago, revealed to me that there's three things... You remember this? There were three things. There were three things preventing him from making Aliyah. You want to guess the three, or you don't want to guess the three? Steve, Steve, you may be able to get these three. Let's be clear. There were three things preventing me from going in Aliyah many years ago. Right. Many years ago, there were three things. Let me say this. Yes. Uh, Barry was an inspiration for many of us in Beitar. We, we, I grew up, I was involved in the Beitar movement. Right. Barry was the leader of Beitar in the United States. He inspired us through teaching us the Jabotinsky ideology that we must come on Aliyah. He stayed in the States to support our Correct. Uh, Aliyah, which is, you I know, agree with that. Exactly. But, but, but nonetheless... He had said to me... I think Steve might figure some of them out. He, he had said Remember, to me... Remember, it was he 30, said he did, he well, said I figured things. you have to have football. Oh, huh? that's very good. Number one, I've done that for you. So I now you 30, done, 40 no, years No, not only that. that, but we had the Giants right here on the porch yeah, last by night. By the way, I have to interrupt for one thing. Barry was talking about football. Uh, as of now, Barry is going to become a leader, uh, the leader of the uh, friends of the Israel Football League nice. in the United States, a U.S.-based uh, uh, not-for-profit organization, nice. so that if there Chips. are listeners out there that want to get involved and help out or even make a donation sure. and, or get it on the board, they, they, Barry's the guy to talk to. Very nice. Great idea. So that was one of them. Football's football. one. is football. Let's see if you can get the second. You have to... I mean, th- this... Never. I, you, you, you'll kick yourself if you don't get it. You, you, will, you will say, oh, of course I should have known that. What do you think? What does Barry need outside his door every well, day? There, it, has, one of the, it has to re- involve food somehow. No. no nothing involving food. What does food. he need outside his door every single day? Not sing- the New York Times. No, I don't but, think he's but, a big fan but, of the, but, the New York Post. There you go. Okay, that's true. <laughs> That's true. Every time I go to visit Barry's house, there is always a New York Post there to read, and I go straight so to page six. I said to him that now he can read Sports Phil Mushnick sec- online. Smart section of the New York Post. Now he can read online. Now he can read online. The third is much more sensitive to Brown, and you could probably figure it out. Bobby, what is the third? Bobby Brown is here. We'll introduce him formally you, you in a second. You can relate to it, Brown. What the third be? Something you probably struggled with here. Hmm. Ah, the language. He wants yes. everyone to speak English. Ah, everyone needs to speak English. As simple as that. I don't want to be a refugee. All right. We're going to bring Bobby in in a second. Before we do so, Yoni, hand me the, the, the bag, please. We have a presentation because not only, you know, Steve not only is a great friend all these years, but, you know, he helped us produce all these shows this week. So we felt we couldn't come to Israel and not bring him something that, that he'd enjoy. So for Steve Liebowitz, who is now officially one of the producers at the Nahum Siegel Network, now that's a distinction, huh, that's, Barry? That, that's he, quite he, a he, distinction. He lived for this his whole life. Now he can die. <laughs> his whole life he was hoping he could become. So number one, you know, there's some cold Jerusalem nights. Yes. And we've got you a 2018 edition wow. of the New York Giants ski cap. That's I, number one. I know you have video, so I'm going to put it on my head. There you go. <laughs> it looks almost as great as the one you had on last night. <laughs> Cole's going to help you. And then Cole, help me give this one to Barry. This is the official Saquon jersey. It's to Steve. This is the official Saquon jersey that we brought along from New York for Steve Leibowitz, producer at the Nahum Single Network. Look at him. He looks great in this new outfit. Only one thing I would ask nobody to pass this on to Mr. Kraft. I'm not allowed to have my picture. Yes. We'll make sure. I don't think Kraft follows this show. Excuse me, Barry. You have to assume he does. That so would make our listenership six. And for me and for Miriam and our staff, we say thank you so much for all your help. So there you go. He is outfitted for the next tailgate party yes, in Jerusalem. That's for sure. That would be Roofgate. T- 
Tell me about... I'm sorry, go ahead, Steve. No, I was just going to say, I just got back from a, a visit to Iceland. I really could have used this hat. <laughs> this we just got it on this guy. It's a great jersey. It is a nice jersey. You and have from, one. And from what I hear, the gentleman who wears that jersey normally had a really good game yesterday. Yes, he did. Hear, so. he did. He did. So there you go. Um, Barry, help me introduce the legendary Bobby Brown. Uh, Bobby Brown's major distinction in life is being one of my close friends for 50 years. I saw a photo of you and him as teenagers. Yes, we were teenagers at one time. It seems long ago. Bobby Brown's had many illustrious career moves. Not, certainly top of the list being an aide to Netanyahu for four years, Bobby, on diaspora affairs. Mm-hmm. And many other jobs. Too many to mention. He'll tell you about some of them. One of the great minds of the Jewish world. And up very happy to call him one of my dearest and best friends. One of the, um, aside from the times I always hear your name from Barry, your name has been mentioned so many times in these last 20 or 30 years when it comes to Israeli government leadership, when it comes to uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu's office, and um, they're just, they're so... There's so many things I could ask you about what's happened over all these decades that might help me understand what's going on in the government of the state of Israel. But why, why should you understand? <laughs> Nobody else does. But I'll start with 2018. Are we facing new elections, yes or no? Yes. Is it a miscalculation on the part of the prime minister to go to new elections? Is, is it sometimes the case where these people who are comfortably in government outsmart themselves and call for elections way too early or at a wrong time? I've known uh, Netanyahu way before he was prime minister during his first term and up till now. And prime minister does best when he's under pressure. And, you know, similar to what's happening in the United States, they're the whole crew of media and uh, people on the left who are doing everything to try and bring down Netanyahu and his government. And what has happened is exactly the reverse. In the last few months, the polls are showing that he would be re-elected and he would come in stronger than he did in the last election. How is it? What is it about his personality? What is it about his political genius? What is it about his diplomacy that's allowed him to hold this position for so long? If you look at it, nobody on the face of the earth could have handled... Obama, Trump, and Putin, as well as he is. That's a good point. And the fact is, yes, there are all kinds of little things that they bring to him. They brought up that he had ordered too much ice cream right. the, and that uh, his wife ordered too much takeout. Mm-hmm. But, but as far as being able to hold, you know, in the U.S. State Department, cadets have to listen to 10 of the greatest political speeches ever made in modern times. Of those ten, two of them are, are Netanyahu. And uh, the man, people, even people who don't like him usually say, you're right, I don't like this and I don't like that, but there's nobody on his league that can take his place. I assume I'm not putting you on the spot. Do you know which the two speeches are? Which are uh, the two? No, I don't know. That's be amazing to find that out. Wow, two of the ten are by Prime Minister Netanyahu. Bobby Brown is here. We're talking about the political uh, arena in Israel. Uh, the Prime Minister has now held the position longer than anybody in the history of the state of Israel, which is unbelievable. Now, I said that last year at the UN, he finally did what so many of us positive thinkers, I know you're among them, about Israel have wanted him to do, which is basically tell the world, hey... 
if you don't hop aboard now, if you don't become our ally and our friend now, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be left back at the station because this train is leaving and Israel's leading the entire, you know, the entire effort. We're rolling right down the tracks. So I thought that was an amazing message back in 2017. Um, do you do you see? That other that that countries around the world are responding in that way. That now, when Jerusalem opens its doors, ambassadors, presidents, representatives of countries all around the world are coming to the feet of the Prime Minister of Israel. Well, it's not only; it certainly isn't for political reasons. They're coming because Israel has become an economic miracle, and its development, and how it's developed, and how it's created out of out of a country with no natural resources, incredible wealth, incredible uh, products that uh, everyone is saying, I need to be a partner of Israel. And what we're seeing now, especially with the changes in the Arab world, is now a proportion of the Arab countries are trying, usually without much fanfare and without much... Um, publicity, trying to be on Israel's side, trying to get their help in defense matters, in uh, in economic matters, and uh, you know, one of the things that have made Israel outstanding in the last few years is almost anywhere in the world that had a natural disaster. It's incredible. The first people who <laughs> the first responders of the world are the Israeli army, and they go there and they've been helping and and. Any country that allows them to come, they will help. It's amazing. Bobby Brown is here. What year did you make Aliyah? 1978. All right. So just after Steve made Aliyah, what was the lira to the dollar in 1978? I remember 1980 was 50 lira to a dollar, and it was considered one of the worst economies on planet Earth. Oh, uh, Steve and I have seen it go to... A thousand lira. Right, if you compare it with the, what the old shekel and then which, the prior lira was. Which I was very happy at my first home because the mortgage was an unlinked lira. <laughs> and your first home in Israel was where? First home in Israel was in Kirat Arba. We, uh, Just moved, after it was built. Yeah. Wasn't Kirat Arba mid-70s? Well, we, we came and moved to Tekoa. There were no permanent housing. And you could still get mortgages linked to the old lira, which was inflating at an unbelievable. Right. So many people bought a safe house in Jerusalem or Tel Aviv and moved out to Judea or Samaria. Our safe house, when we lived in in uh, in a small caravan in Tekoa, was in Kiyot Arba. Unbelievable. Uh, and and that was, it was Begin who authorized Kiryat Arba's building, correct? I believe it was him who gave the uh, authorization. I, th- of I think it was even before Begin. Was it before Golda, maybe? I think it was. Could have been Golda? Uh, I don't remember. Been, it could have been Golda. And at the beginning of Tekoa, you know, you know how we, how we for many years, ref- um, uh, thought of Tekoa always with the, uh, uh, the story of, um, of Kobe Mandel, because he was a resident of Tekoa before his murder at the age of 12 or 13, if I'm not mistaken. I, I'm sure you know the Mandel family. Uh, Tekoa started with just a few families back in what year? It started a little over 2,000 years ago. <laughs> Good one. I like that. <laughs> so, sometimes the enemy forgets that, you know. <laughs> with, with the prophet Amos. <laughs> Correct. Um, and it mentioned many times the uh, Tekoa came forward first of all the cities to build the Beit HaMikdash. And so 
being that no good deed goes unpunished, they were told you could have the honor of building two portions right. while everyone else built one. The Hanako oil came from Tekoa. Right. Uh, King David's advisor was the wise woman of Tekoa. And so it existed in ancient times. We, it was, we started actually by Shimon Perez in 1975 as a Nahal, an army outpost. And in 19, the end of 1977, the first civilians moved in. Unbelievable. And you were in by what year? I was in 78. In 78. You're in Pnei is right near Tekoa? Am I correct yeah, about not, that? Not for, there's an area called the Eastern Gush. When right. I came, the Eastern Gush consisted of Tekoa. That's nothing it. else. But today we have five or six communities. One of them is Pnei Kedem. Any clue how many people live in Pnei Kedem? I'm curious because I remember the first day that the first one moved in. I think there may be something like 100 and some Unbelievable. What number family oh, you? It, I was number seven. Okay. I, I and my wife and my daughter were number seven. Today we have just completed a new area, and as people move in, we will reach 1,300 families. Absolutely incredible. The largest community in the regional council of Gush Etzion. Unbelievable. Now, both you and Steve, well, Steve before, and now I'm sure you would say the same thing. Uh, in, in Steve's case, he mentioned Barry and the education that one gets and the speeches about Jabotinsky, etc., and how that influences one to make Aliyah. There's no greater feeling I get in the last 35 years when someone says to me, one of the reasons I made Aliyah is I heard you speak about all this. Speak for a moment to my audience about the responsibility that Jewish teachers have in all schools, right to left and across the board, to remind the children in the classroom how important Israel is in their lives? In my opinion, every Jew has to face forward to make Aliyah. And the only people who can delay their Aliyah are teachers who teach Jewish heritage. And and uh, unfortunately, the amount of people who say, I'm needed here, is way over the amount of good teachers that there are. But I think that I was influenced by Betar. Right. Okay, I came, we felt that the weight of the Jewish world goes on our shoulders. When Jews were threatened in Iraq or threatened in the former Soviet Union, that was our fight. And we fought. And, uh, you know, today... What all the Beitrim did together is almost legendary, and uh, there isn't a meeting where we get together and don't talk about the good old times and what we did. There was a meeting like that just this past week. It was. Here in Jerusalem. We had about two dozen uh, Beitrim who got together in honor of the Liebens' uh, visit, and it was a wonderful time of talking, of seeing old friends. Luckily, the statute of limitations is over for that period of time. Steve was taking notes. You've got to remember, this was a time when Sharansky was in prison. We figured anything we did... spending his whole night going, I don't remember that. I had no part of that. The whole night. That's what I'm saying now. No matter matter what we talked about, Steve said, I have no recollection of that. And one of our most illustrious paid to him who was supposed to be here, Gary Siegel, couldn't come because his sister is extremely ill, and he stayed with her in the States. But uh, many of the stories were about him and about the things we did, and uh, I just uh, would like to use this opportunity to wish his sister a Shlema, and hopefully she will 
come back to good health, and then he can come and we can make fun of and him. And we can make fun of him again. <laughs> um, well, you, there are a lot of categories you can be placed in. Midnachlim. Some people might call you settlers. I think Barry would call you heroes. Barry, am I right about that? Well, uh, they are two of my special heroes. I admire them greatly. Yeah, but but you've got to understand, when you talk about a settlement, not everything is exactly the same. Right. Bobby lives in a very ideological settlement called Tokoa. In, in the community that I live, which is only a few hundred meters over the, the Green Line, people there will not admit that they live in a West Bank settlement. In right. fact, when I first came there, about 13 years ago, I put up a sign on my balcony that said, Yeshezekan, Judean Samaria is here. I had a visit by a committee of community <laughs> residents saying, take that down immediately. It's really bad for, for, for the value, house values. I love you know, it. Every Israeli, in a way, is a hero because they defend the rights of the Jewish people every single day. They're the, they're the, 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 the tip of the spear. But Olim are even more heroes. Because they chose to come here. They weren't born here. Right. And everybody, my friends play a great role here. Steve brought the passion of his life here to build his dream. Bobby serves, he served for the prime minister, serves in helping Jews all over the world in his diaspora relations. So they're two very special people, and I'm very proud. I stayed home because someone has to make a living to help them both. <laughs> And they'll be the first to admit that. They'll be the first to acknowledge it. <laughs> uh, Bobby, thank you so much. You're very what welcome. An honor to have you here. I feel very privileged to be on your show. Thank and you. I've heard so much about it. Thank you very and much. I wish you only more and more strength. Amen. And Steve, I want to say one last thing in all seriousness. Yes, I'm sir. sure Barry agrees. There have been other sports that have tried to make their mark in Israel from the United States, and they did not succeed. Well, I have one major advantage. Football is the greatest sport ever. <laughs> there you go. So. Uh, I think Nachum would agree with you. It's, football's a great one. Always a Jet fan. Football's great, yes. Uh, By the way, a long football, one. Israelis really, really are taking to football. It's from the ground up. Like, right. Not like baseball where they tried to bring a professional league right. and put it here. Ba- baseball came in with a gigantic budget yeah. from the top down and failed. Steve came in with no budget from and the succeeded. bottom up and succeeded. That is a tribute purely to Steve. And the Israelis, I bet you, don't like all the unnecessary roughness penalties now. I bet you. <laughs> That's, that, that is true. But by the way, in the beginning, we were mostly American immigrants and kids of American immigrants that were playing football in Israel. Now it's Hebrew in the huddle. You <laughs> That's must great. Hebrew. That's great. In, in the beginning, in Jerusalem, the vast majority of our players are observant people. In fact, when we take our national team abroad, we must travel with kosher food. We, uh, our team uh, observes uh, the Sabbath. We will never play a game on the Sabbath. We're the only, maybe softball is like this, we're basically the only major sport in the country that insists on inclusion, including all of the Orthodox Jews and giving them the possibility to play the sport. Phenomenal. We I are love fierce it. religious warriors. Phenomenal. Fantastic. Uh, and your grandson's here to witness all this. Cole, what do you have to say to end this part of the show? Goodbye. There you go. He's a natural. Well said. <laughs> Barry Lieben, Bobby Brown, Steve Leibowitz, um, so, uh, so glad, say it again? Cole. And Cole Pally, all part of our historic committee uh, at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSingle.com, on the NahumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. More coming up here at JM in the AM. 
Um, another full hour of broadcast for this Monday, plus, of course, tomorrow and Wednesday as well from Jerusalem. Keep it right here, everybody. We are at the Lieben Presidential Suite Mir Peset, the patio of the Presidential Suite of the Inbal Hotel in Jerusalem.